Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Beatty drives one to center field. Robert going back, way back to the warning track. That ball is out of here. Back-to-back home runs for the baby Mance Alvarez and Beatty, and it's 5 nothing New York. All right, home run call of the day. Gary Cohen, Brett Beatty going deep. One of four home runs for the New York Mets, who beat the White Sox 11-10. It was a difficult task for producer Evan to find the home run call of the day. Actually, it was not because there were so many home runs. There were so many runs. It was crazy how many runs there were in baseball. And so much so that... It actually set a major league record for the amount of runs that were scored. Listen, there were four separate games where you had at l- both teams scoring at least 10 runs. That's crazy. You had the Mets game with the White Sox. That was 11-10. You had Arizona beating Atlanta 16-13. Royals over the Tigers 11-10. Tigers beating the Reds 11-10. Nothing has happened like that since 1894. I, I, baseball wasn't boring back then, certainly, but in a far different way. And since then, there hasn't been anything like that, like we saw last night in the great game of baseball. And on top of all of it, not only do you have those individual games, but overall, you had 12 teams scoring 10 or more runs. A modern-day record. Anytime you can talk modern-day record, you know it's a memorable night. All right. So speaking of a memorable, memorable nights, memorable podcasts, that's what we have. That's all we have. Memorable days and every single day. Thank you to FanDuel, our great friends at FanDuel. Thank you for empowering and sponsoring us because it is another memorable podcast. Always is. Today, Matt Strom, friend of the program, 
Matt Strom returns. Now, remember, last time Strom was on, made national news. Now, when I say national news, sometimes you say national news, and it's just sort of hyperbole. Ah, it's, 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 it's noteworthy. Let's call it national news. This was national news. This is what Matt Strom said the last time he was on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Has been on my mind lately. I said, seeing the uh, teams are now extending beer sales into the eighth inning. Mm. Have you seen that? No. So I've been I've been wondering about that, but I have not seen that. So let me let me just run this by and see if I'm thinking about this right. The reason we stopped it in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe. Correct. Correct. Yes. So now with a faster paced game. And me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Instead, it's going the other way. Instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting (laughs) our fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beer 22 minutes ago. All right, well, got a lot of play. Got a lot of play, the beer sales thing. So Matt's always great to talk to because he's opinionated, he's educated, he's obviously a player, so he gives the perspective that I can't give, that you can't give, and he's not afraid to talk about any of it. And this is no exception. We start off with the beer sale stuff, but then we get into his latest, his latest um, thing, the bee that's in his bonnet. The problem that he has with Major League Baseball. The thing that that we might not be focused on, but certainly whether it's him or whether it's teammates or whether it's the opposition, they're talking about and they have an issue with. We, we weren't thinking about the beer sales thing until he mentioned it. Now there's something else. Spoiler alert involves the baseballs. Also, by the way, his Phillies, as of right now, they are a wild card team. Yep. They have eclipsed the Miami Marlins. They are now in a wild card spot. They won again. And their record since June 3rd, get this 27 and 10. Only the Atlanta Braves have more wins. The Braves have 28. 27 and 10 for the Phillies. So, a lot in this podcast, not only do you have Matt Strom talking about. Some things in baseball that have become increasingly uncomfortable. But also you talk about how this Phillies turnaround happened. You're going to get that perspective from the inside. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen. At BB isn't boring. Already off to a great start this week. Check out the power rankings. Our guy Skiff and producer Evan both released their power rankings in the middle of the day yesterday. Obviously, before that, we had Jeff Fletcher, Shohei Atani expert, talking about his view of the Shohei Atani situation. It's just been a great week so far. We're going to keep it going here because, you know what? I don't know if it's going to be national news, but it's going to be a good lesson. Matt Strom, here you go. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on right now than friend of the podcast, Matt Strom. Um, the man who is, uh, who changed beer sales forever. Congratulations, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, honestly, I told you when we ran into each other in Philadelphia, I'm like, I've never, ever, ever had anything 
blow up like that did. And by the way, you were absolutely right. And and when I say that you change it forever, I, I actually mean it. I mean, I hope yeah. so. I mean, I think we did the Lord's work there. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, again, I just I want it I want it to be about the fans, and if it's about the fans, it should be for the fans. All right. <laughs> the last last part about that is did have you did you hear anything? Did anybody say thank you? For that, and what I'm talking about is you said you rightfully said that owners should not sell beer in the eighth inning and, and lead later in the game. It should be earlier if it was the true uh, the true spirit of the the rule of se- uh, stopping beer sales in the seventh inning. Did I, again, last thing I'll ask is it? Did you hear anything from it? Because I did, and like I said, I'm like, I do think Matt that you actually probably at least slowed down the process of some of these guys doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, I got, de- I got, I got it from both ends. But uh, definitely, for every negative backlash I got, there was definitely three or four more positive ones. People reached out thanking me and, like, obviously, or just agreeing with my common sense because common sense ain't that common anymore. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, is, is there anything else? As as long as we're going down this road, is there anything else? Because when when we talked about that, we were talking about rules. Is there anything else top of mind? Because you're you're an intelligent thinker of the great game of baseball. Before we get going, is there anything top of mind for you that you've been thinking about? Just the amount of injuries and if it's correlating to the pitch clock or not. But I'm not a scientist, so well, we'll see. you. I mean, you. We. I think we talked about that, and then. I, it, Kenley Jansen was also talking about that, and, and it's funny you say that because I was waiting to sort of find that. We were all waiting to find out exactly what the correlation was. But next, I mean, we're almost in August, so I guess we could actually start actually seeing if there is a correlation. Do you? Do you? Can you feel it a little bit? Or I mean, us players feel like it that there's more injuries, but uh, I mean, to be honest, I feel like that's kind of a thing every year is where there's a certain stretch of the year where, I mean, guys start to drop like flies and everyone's talking like, oh, is there more injuries this year than last year or whatever? But, um, you know, I mean, there are numbers where we could easily pull those up and look at them and see the correlation. Um, But, I mean, I think it's going to – I think the end of August is kind of where it's going to really weigh heavy on guys. And I've been saying that since the start of it in April. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, it's just, again – um, that's I'm all for all these other rule changes, the shift to all this. But the one thing I just don't like is the pitch clock. I mean, that's what's been beautiful about baseball is there's no there's no timer in our game. It starts and stops with us, and it's it's a methodical chess game of of I mean we've been doing it forever, and, but it is what it is. How do you how do you feel? So not only do you, how do you feel, but talking to your fellow pitchers, how do they feel? Because it might not that we might not be able to say absolutely this is an injury, this is because of it, but it's also how you feel compared to you've been through this game a couple times where where you can say this is how I feel at the end of July. Does it feel any different? Uh, it, I mean the the body as a whole right now, no, but the pitching, I would definitely say you you just you have no time to gather your breath. Um, I mean very fortunate that we got JT Realmuto and Stubby back there because they're unbelievable with scouting reports and pitch calling so my thinking is already I don't need it out there and can just kind of follow along and trust them but uh, you know it's just it's that 
again, pitching is a max effort. And I've, I've explained it to people who don't, don't play baseball is imagine if it's your max lift day in the gym. And I told you, you had to do your three reps, but now you can only rest for a minute in between instead of the four minutes you usually take. Hmm. You're not going to be able to press the same amount on set two, three, and four as you were on one when you were used to the four minute rest versus a one minute rest. Hmm. It's a, it's a max effort. It's, and again, it's, I mean, it's, and then, again, people looking at it are going to be like, well, condition more, do this more. Well, yeah, we will. Don't worry. It's just we're, 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 we're learning as we're going to. This was just kind of thrown at us like paint on the wall and we're, we're rolling with the punches. But, I mean, I definitely think three, four years from now, it'll, it'll iron itself out and baseball will be a different game. But, I mean, it's right now it's kind of everyone looking over their shoulder wondering, am I doing it right? Mm, but Yeah. Got to figure it out and keep going. Well, so you you have the unique sort of experience of you, you started earlier in the year, not you were leaving. So, yep. what's in respect to what we're talking about? How, how do you how does that feel different? I would say honestly, as a starter, I didn't feel it as much as a reliever. Um, I think the the biggest difference for me is the adrenaline as a reliever. So as a starter, you kind of have the buildup coming to the game and you kind of, you, you know, everything you're throwing that first pitch at 640. You kind of, you know, you don't really have that anticipation of when's the phone going to ring? How quick do I got to get going? And then not only that, how quick do I got to get going? But then how much time do I need to bring my heart rate down before I can deliver this pitch? So it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword out there in the bullpen with how quick do I go down here before I enter the game? And then, I only get two minutes and 15 seconds in between and all that. And it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a recipe I'm trying to follow with no measurements and figure it out as we go. <laughs> Having cooked, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's, a, it's, you know, it, another part of this is, is rallies sort of spiraling. I mean, I, I've seen it both yep. ways, on, honestly, Matt. I watched a game with Eduardo Rodriguez was pitching a, a perfect game, I think into the seventh. And I'm, and he just like, boom, 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 you know, and he was just in a groove and the hitters, you know, they, they can take one step out, but you can't do what you did before to disrupt his rhythm. But at the same time, I've seen a whole lot more where pitchers give up a hit, give up a walk, give up. And you're trying to walk around the mound a little bit. We had a yeah. case um, I felt so bad for him, man. Um, Jake Faria, uh, he came in the game in Chicago the other day, and he just could not throw the ball over the plate. And it, it just reeked of take a walk around the mound, study yourself, but you can't do that. How much of that is going on? Yeah, I mean, well, I think it was Nola about three, three or four weeks ago got called by the umpires for changing the ball out too much. Hmm. And it's like, well how else can he catch a breath and furthermore how can you tell him no he can't have a new baseball when we don't have the, the that's the worst thing in our game right now is the baseballs we don't have those things figured out worth a crap and still it's, oh i mean it is atrocious you reach your hand in that i mean you don't know if you're grabbing a tennis ball or a youth baseball so it's 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 there's no there's no consistency whatsoever not even in a dozen balls you get it you get a dozen, three of them are going to have high seams, three of them are going to have low seams, three of them are going to have spaced out seams, and then the other ones are going to be lopsided. 
it's it's crazy. That that is cr- so. so I mean, we've had that conversation for the last few years. So it's not like this is something new, which they because we were promised every off season you're going to have more consistency with baseballs, and you're saying it's worse. Yeah, oh, thousand percent worse. Wow. I mean, it's just, I mean, I wouldn't say a thousand percent worse. It's just zero percent better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, whatever they say they're doing, they're saying it, but they're not doing it. And so, do you feel like with the baseballs, is it, it you know, before it was, oh, well, the baseballs are, are such that they're favoring hitters. Now it's just all over the place. It's sometimes the seeds could be higher. It may be favorite pitchers. It's just all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you can, as a pitcher, once I, I mean, again, I make a living with that thing in my hand, so I'm very familiar with it. And when you give me a baseball, I can feel if it's, quote, unquote, a hard one or a soft one. But the hard ones are the ones I can spin really well. But I feel like I can manipulate them more. And that's kind of what, like, I mean, when I debuted in 2016, uh, I thought the baseballs were, I loved the baseballs. And everyone complained about them coming from the minor leagues to the big leagues because of how low the seams were. They were so low and so hard. Well, that that's my favorite kind of baseball is something low seamed and really hard. And I feel like I can manipulate it and spin it really well. But then when you get these bigger ones that, I mean, again, it feels like I go back to college and I got those raised seams. Um, it just doesn't feel like my pitchers do the same thing or that I have the consistency of pulling down on it like I do with uh, normal baseball. But I guess I don't even know what a normal baseball is. <laughs> and you can tell right away because, like you said, this is what you yeah. do, right? Yeah. And, and do do the umpires understand this? Um, I mean, yeah, some of them do. But, um, I mean, I'm sure the umpires that – we're getting upset with Nola switching them out. We're just sick of standing in the heat and didn't want to keep watching them switch balls out or something because I've looked through the rule book and I don't see a rule where we can't change out a ball if we don't like it. So, Well, they're, they're, they're thinking, I, I'm guessing, but some of their thinking is, oh, you're, you're just trying to manipulate the, the clock by throwing it out, right? I mean, but that's yeah, not the case. That, that was what they told them. They said, you didn't even have the ball in your hand long enough to tell if you liked it or not. Oh. And I've, I've, my argument to that is, how do you know what I need to feel? Right. right exactly. Like I could, you could throw me a ball, and I catch it in my glove, and when I put my hand on it before I even take it out of my glove, I can tell you if I like the laces or not. And that's under a second. So how much time do I need to hold the ball in my hand before I can switch out? Right. Well, that's crazy. I mean, I, I haven't actually heard a lot of that. I've heard a lot of it in recent years. I think maybe because everyone's so focused on everything else. So. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And that's where I think, too, with all the rule changes and everything, it, it sidetracked everyone from the baseballs worrying about the rules. So everyone's more concentrated on the rules if they got the baseballs right. Well, well let me ask you this. So, uh, first of all, how do, you, how, how do you feel? I mean, I want, I want to make sure that you feel good. I mean, this yeah, is, everything's great. Yeah, it's it's good, and then and that you know you it's always pitch it's always good when you feel good and you're pitching for a team that is good. By the way, uh, congratulations on you doing well and also the team doing well. Um, Thank you. But I have I might have told you this a couple times, but I have cited your explanation of the Red Sox trade deadline so many, so many times. <laughs> I've done it to GMs. I've done it to. <laughs> I mean, it was so it was so perfectly put, and I can't believe you did it off the top of your head. I don't. I mean, I. Don't, but what you said, in case people don't remember, uh, and this is sort of the going the 
the Red Sox going halfway with a trade deadline, trying to do both uh, selling and buying or whatever they did. But you said it felt like you were playing for field position, kicked it inside the 10, and then Tom Brady came in the game. I'm like, oh, my God, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> I, I did tell – so I told – we. I was having a conversation with a GM just the other day. It, this wasn't with Bloom. But a, a conversation with a GM the other day, and we were talking about exactly that, about – you know, listen, you got to either sell or you got to buy. You can't do halfway. And I'm like, yeah, you right. know, here's an example. <laughs> yeah. But but now it must be, A, because you guys have sort of defined yourself of what you are. And, B, another part of this is, listen, I live life under Dave Dombrowski. If you're oh, in yeah. it at all, usually he's going to do something, right? No doubt, no doubt. I mean, I've... I mean, watch from afar what he did in Boston, and I mean, the guy's not afraid to put it on the line. And I mean, those those are the people you want to play for are the ones that are willing to risk it and go big. And I mean, that just that shows the trust he has in us. Once he does do that, or once he pulls the trigger of what what we're able to accomplish or what we should accomplish. What's the feel in there right now? Because you know, I talk to you talk to people. You know this too. Even a little thing goes a long way because what it does, it says, hey, let's go for it. And, you know, again, conversely, last year, yeah, you can add Hosmer. You can add uh, Hosmer's great and everything. But, like, Vasquez, for a lot of key guys on that team last year, that was perceived when you sell him. Like, J.D. said this at the All-Star game. Once That was the perception. When you sell him, then that's what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no doubt. I mean, any... Any addition to better you is obviously going to raise the morales in the clubhouse of like, okay, they think we can do it. Um, this is a clubhouse here in Philly that, I mean, there's not a, a guy here that needs his morale lifted. We all we all look around. We know what we have. We know what we're capable of. And this is a special group. Um, not saying you don't need to, everyone can add, but um, I don't think whatever Dabrowski decides to do, I don't think it's going to affect how us 26 handle the second half of the season. How is this group unique? You've been different teams. How is this yeah, group unique? I mean, it's, I mean, it's very similar to Boston last year. Is the group of guys, in my opinion, with a bunch of veterans who go about their stuff, know know what to do. Um, and it's again, it's uh, it's just a good mesh of the, the veterans with the younger guys. And um, I, I don't think I've ever seen younger guys take to the older guys' routine so quickly. Really, like, they just kind of they just kind of realize like. I mean, you got super regimented guys in here, and JT Schwarber, Trey Harper. I mean, all these guys are very regimented. Then you got the starting pitchers. I mean, those guys are. It's like Fort Knox with those guys here. They're they're in and out doing their stuff, and um, you know, it's it's all about. It's it's a bunch of guys that. How do I say this? It's a bunch of guys that are about themselves for everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, they know if they just do their thing and get their stuff done, it's going to help the other 25 guys in the room. And uh, it's, it's, it's just very unique to watch, and it's, it's, uh, it's fun to be a In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that Something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.
Wars. Well, well where did it turn and how did it turn? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I walked into this clubhouse and it was like that, so I couldn't answer that. I mean, it was. Well, like I mean, just in terms of winning, and just in terms of winning games, though. I mean, you guys, you you might uh, have. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I wouldn't say again. Like we we knew what we had, and I mean, it just wasn't going our way. I would say when you look at our first, I don't, I don't even know if you look at our first fifteen losses of the year, I'd be willing to bet we out hit the team sixty percent of the time. So it was like, were we were we losing, or were we just not scoring as many runs as the other guy? Hmm. Hmm. So you know, like we. I mean, there was a stretch there where it felt like any time we got runners in scoring position, we didn't score them. But we hit had three hits that inning to get two guys into running score into scoring position. So it's just it's baseball. Um, you know, we we again we go about it the same same each day, and it's going to fall our way more times than not. And I think that's what we're seeing now. You know, one of the things I, I talked to a pitcher on the Red Sox the other day, and he said. When he came in, someone with the Red Sox sat down, everybody from other organizations, and said, what do you do different? Like, what, what did you bring from this organization? What, what or did you do different? Like, that's the, that's, I don't know, fun, fun is the right word, but you've been in a few different places. You, now you're in Philly. Is there anything that they do different? Is there anything that you brought to them that maybe they, maybe we can do this different? Whether it's a pitch, whether it's a routine, whether it's a way, whatever approach, you know, what anything? Yeah, I mean, not not really. Um, you know, it's I think I mesh really well here with the the pitching side just because it's not. It's not super like uh, scouting report based. Like we're not throwing the hitters' weaknesses. We're more so just using our strengths, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of how I was out. I've always been. I've never understood looking at a scouting report, seeing a guy is really bad against changeups, and changeups my fourth best pitch. So they want me to throw a changeup. It's like, well, I don't want to lose on my fourth best pitch. I want to lose <laughs> on my best pitch. Like I want to. I want to like. Manny Machado the other day takes me deep on a heater after I threw him five in a row. Well, I got into a spot where I needed to throw my best pitch, and my best pitch is my heater, and it just happened to be I threw four of them before that too. And Manny Machado is an unbelievable hitter, and I missed my spot, and I lose. But it would have been really hard to lay my head on the pillow, throw it in a changeup, execute it down and away, and he hits it for a homer mm. because it's not my best pitch. But it, it is what it is. And, I mean, I would I would just say that, like, coming here, not really worried about scouting reports and just – Focusing on my strengths and sharpening my tools. Yeah, isn't it isn't it awesome? Like how um, just being simple it goes so far in baseball. And I'll give you another example. When Deakman goes far in life too. Goes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. As we as, so as we a lot show, of people a lot of people are forgetting that nowadays. As we show every day uh, when we do yeah. this podcast, just hey, listen, let's just have a conversation. Like, it's very simple. Exactly. Um, but. Uh, when I talked to Deekman, former teammate of yours, yeah. and, and uh, when he just went to the Rays, he had just gone to the Rays, and you know everyone wants to do that secret sauce thing with the Rays, and he's like, "Listen, man, they just said the the secret sauce is get to strike one, get yep. throw the ball over the plate, trust your stuff." And and I had somebody tell me like when Glasnow got there, they sat down with him and said. Okay, what did you do in Pittsburgh? He said, "Well, I threw my fastball at the knees." Like, nope, throw the fastball yeah. over the plate. <laughs> you know, yep. that's it. Yeah, I mean, I talked to I talked to Deakman right before the break when we were in Tampa, and I was like, "I like it here." He's like, "Great." 
I tell the catcher to set up middle and tell me to throw it over the plate. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the name of this game, but we, we try to make it harder than it is, and it's it's not. No, it's so good. And all right, I know you're going to get going, so I'll leave you with this, give you the opportunity now that you're a TV star. You've gone from yeah. YouTube star to TV star. Pro- please promote your TV show. Yeah, The Card Life. It's on Valley uh, Network and some other networks you'll find it on your local sports network um airs i don't even know how many times a month but uh you can find it on the website too or you can go to instagram and look up the card life they'll have the link there for you guys but uh we're on our third season and uh you know brandon's done an unbelievable job with the show and allowing me to host it and i'm able to open some sweet cards and get to hear some sweet stories of people in the hobby and you know it's just it's a it's a great way to to, to show off some cardboard it's really well produced it's a legit good show and uh it's awesome and also i have to ask you have you read anything other than the chapter your chapter <laughs> in a damn not, near perfect I, I can, game <laughs> i gotta tell you i'm not much of a reader during the season so i'm uh mostly just Sudoku and uh watching video of uh myself pitching That's well about listen the there's not there's not a lot of guys that could say they have a tv show and are published author so there you go exactly <laughs> i'm just uh just lengthening that resume <laughs> all right matt thanks awesome. man awesome thank you very much